Welcome to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of August 3rd. And it's absolutely wild that we're on the eighth month of the calendar year. This summer's went by fast. All of 2022 has went by very, very quickly. Hard to believe. I'm your host, D. Swab, Derek Kessinger. I'm joined by the editorial staff of Kevin Kovac, Robert Holman, and Kyle McFadden. And Kovac, Little Sheppy gets it done at Fairbury, leading all 100 laps, getting $50,000 for his winner's share, and $50 more thousand dollars in lap money donated by the fans. And also a fan walked away with 50 grand, so that was pretty cool to see. Another home track win for Mark Richards and the Rocket House car at Falls. You, you called him Little Sheppy, though. There, there's only one Little Sheppy. That's that other little. Uh, that's his little kid that I just saw running around on his motor on his motorcycle. We won't, hey, we won't tattle on him. We won't tattle on him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, every time I looked up, and uh, yeah, we won't tell him. We we'll, won't tell him his reaction to you, Derek. One day he gave you. He had everybody laughing, and when he when Not he good. saw him, when you saw him, but uh, yeah, she, the the Big Sheppy. We'll call we'll call him Big Sheppy now, uh, Brandon. Uh, another great run. I mean, yeah, they, they needed that. I mean, it's been a while since he's had a, you know, a, a real big, you know, $50,000 plus win. He got that 30,000 earlier, uh, you know, a few weeks earlier in the month at uh, Muskegon County. Uh, but nothing that was like the normal, like a couple of years ago, when he had $400,000 checks, you know, including the world of outlaws uh, title uh, that year. So it's been, you know, they, they, you need those big ones to really have great years. And, uh, man, you, the way this season is, you're able to do that. You have a lot of chances and you turn your season into something mediocre, just, you know, just a middle of the road to something really good. And that's what he did in one night. I mean, just dom- not it was a complete domination. He didn't run away with it, like, and just, you know, lap the field or anything. Guys did stay close to him. And Mark Marler was able to get close to him uh, at, at the end. And after a last restart with three to go, but I mean, ultimately he led every lap. I mean, he, took on all comers and controlled all the restarts and man, he did what, uh, what one wondered if could happen. If you could lead all hundred, uh, hundred laps to get that hundred thousand dollar total payoff. And, and he did it. And again, right, Derek, I think you were there after the race when he said it, he needs that money. He's got to be buying diapers. Now the baby's coming the second, second baby for um, him and his wife for, uh, it'll be coming here pretty soon. They almost thought it was going to come on Saturday. Yeah. So a false alarm. <laughs> False alarm Saturday, so it was a big, uh, big win for Brandon and his family there. Uh, thought maybe he would have to finish the race and then go head out in a helicopter back to the, you know, the hospital. <laughs> yeah. his third kid. But uh, luckily he didn't. He picks up the win. And Robert, that was only his second win since May 11th when he won at uh, Spoon River, and then he won July 3rd. I guess third if you count the prelim night the night before. Pretty big win, but I think you kind of suspected going into the weekend he was going to be a heavy, heavy favorite. And sometimes when you go to a track you're damn good at, you get your confidence back all of a sudden, and they got a big win there. He is uh, – he's just really good there, obviously. Uh, he's really good. Is there a track in Illinois that he's not really good at? I mean, let's just be be honest. I mean, he, he is what he is. He's one of the best dirt late model drivers in the nation for a, for a reason. Uh, his team – uh, his and you know he was pretty damn good before he joined Mark Richards. By the way, uh, he was a, a pretty good steering wheel holder, so to speak. So, uh, so to think that he would go there and win that is is not a is not a shock at all. You know, for him to 
to pick up that win. Uh, he well, he wasn't my favorite. Of course, I was out covering, you know, the the uh, Schaefer's Southern Nationals, so I wasn't like tuned into that as well as you guys who were on the property. But uh, and he so he wasn't really my pick to win. But it's not a surprise. I'll throw out my pick was was Bobby Pierce when somebody asked after after Pierce's run in the prelims uh, the night before. I was uh, I, I was at a uh, Taswell and someone asked me who I thought was going to win it and I said Bobby Pierce just I felt like he could come through the field and get it done and 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 he was close uh till he had brake problems but no for for Sheppy to to win anywhere in this well okay for Sheppy to win anywhere is not a surprise for him to win in the state of Illinois is even less surprising so it was a great place for him to kind of get his mojo back uh, get that swagger back, and and we'll see how that carries him moving forward as he continues to to try to track down Tim McCready now in this Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series uh, points race. Yeah, plenty of time left. Their points are structured a lot differently. So if T Mac has a you know mechanical or a flat tire in one of these uh, Crown Jewels coming up, like the North South and Topless One Hundred, then Port Royal, you got three big uh, racetracks. So we'll have to wait and see. Kyle, they give out this points money for, or not points money, money towards each lap, 500 bucks. You're like, okay, maybe we're going to see some battles for the lead, crazy slide jobs, crazy slide jobs. Sheppy did make a, bo- a bold move going into, you know, turn number three there to get by Garrett Smith. And he said to lead every lap, you got to lead the first one. So he got that done. Was Sheppy being a little selfish though, just taking all that money and not dispersing it through the field? Because obviously as a fan, we love to see four or five different drivers, you know, duking it out for the lead, but he kind of controlled the pace there. Had a couple of guys get close, but they never got by him. You like to think that, you know, the lap money puts a little bit more, obviously incentive or a little bit more driver motivation if you will for the guys chasing the leader but also too i mean the guy leading the race does absolutely at all costs doesn't want to give that up obviously because i mean one hundred thousand dollars um you know that's a payday that's only rivaled at eldora right so um yeah no you would like to think that i mean there was five guys that that held second at one point you know during the race um on saturday so you would have liked to hope that you know Maybe there was a battle there at some point, Bruin, and there certainly were. It was, you know, I think Mike Marler's car, you know, he even said it. He just wasn't quite set up for the line uh, and the way that Sheppy was able to attack the racetrack on Saturday, too. And he, he was still able to, you know, put himself in striking distance. I mean, as Kevin said, it's not like Sheppy completely ran away with it, although he did control the pace just how he wanted to. He worked through lap traffic. One move there during lap traffic, uh, Pierce was on his heels and he split Shane Clanton and somebody else. I can't remember uh, right now, but uh, I feel like that was the moment in the race. It was like 20 laps to go, I think. Uh, he split the two lap cars there going into turn three and a car length lead turned into a second lead uh, just like that. And then uh, Pierce fell out of contention not too long after that. The $50,000 bonuses aside, I mean, guys had an opportunity, you know, like Chris Simpson to race for more, race for more money, you know, throughout the field too. And so it was a cool event. I'm sure you all enjoyed it out there. Kovac, we had to control him a few times, so I think he enjoyed it very, <laughs> uh, very well. Kovac, I know you're going to say something, but how, how'd you feel the atmosphere was compared to other PDCs? I feel like it just goes like so quick. 
I, it just goes in a blur. I feel like. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. It's a it's a big weekend for Derek. You know, I mean, he's uh, he's on display all weekend. You know, he's it's a homecoming, right? I mean, that's I think that's what Rigsby had called it about you. It's a homecoming for Derek all weekend, and all his boys are there, all his buddies. His fiance made her appearance uh, for the first time at a racetrack. So, yeah, and then he has suave talk, but it. it the atmosphere is just, it's amazing all weekend. It, it, that's what it always is there. And, and it's even better when the weather is like it was. I mean, right, Derek? I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, Three days. I mean, Thursday, starting Thursday with like the, the auction and the party. Sunny, uh, eighty about 80s, mid-80s at the top, you know. And then it got uh, sweatshirt weather at night, you know. I mean, it was just unbelievable. It makes, it, makes you feel so uh Everybody puts everybody in a good mood when when you get weather like that at any race. It almost seems like, and it just tops it there. With, you got all the barbecues going, you smell all that, and you got so much. Uh, it just it's just action. I mean, I love that Thursday night too. You know, everybody everybody just kind of mingled and gathered, and the drivers were the fans, and it wasn't just like shoved in after a race was over at eleven or twelve o'clock. Thursday was awesome. Saturday ended a little late. I wish it wasn't. Let, 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 um, you know, I'll have to say that, right, Derek? I mean, I'm not sure if you knew what time it Blame was. Blame Rigsby. But, uh, yeah, I wish the race wouldn't have ended at 11 o'clock. I mean, started at 11, after 11 and ended after midnight. That was kind of uh, – nah, you know, I, I give that – that's the only thumbs down of everything. But um, but other than that, it, it's it's the great atmosphere. And uh, I did want to mention there, you talk, we were talking about uh, Shepard leading the L100 lap. That's the first time. Uh, there's, it's been a flag to flag win since the race became what it is now, you know, in 2013, when it became a, well, you know, went from Labor Day weekend, uh, you know, a $10,000, 50, 60, 75 lapper to a 100 lap, uh, world of outlaws race in the middle of the summer that paid big money. Uh, there's been, I mean, multiple lead changes in most of the races. Uh, I mean, there was been a couple that there was only one, I think last year was only one too, you know, with Bobby Pierce, uh, after you know, getting passed by Kyle Larson, uh, this time, you know, lap to lap, you know, uh, flag to flag. I mean, I kind of look back at all 32 uh, Prairie Dirt Classics, and you know, I mean, I'm not sure. You know, Derek, I, I don't think Fairbury was as good as it is now, right? Back and through the entire time, because there were quite a few flag to flag Prairie Dirt Classics, and I think there were nine of them from 2000, from 92 to 2007. Uh, you know, Moyer did it twice, 92, 93, 95, 98, 99, 03, 04, 05, 07. All of them were flag to flaggers. So uh, I think Fairbury has come a long way here too. And uh, it just, you know, it, I guess the, I guess it had to be a flag to flag though, because Shepard was very motivated to get $100,000. <laughs> Maybe he wouldn't have won that every lap. It wouldn't have been like that, but he definitely was <laughs> after that. Yeah. If you're like in the stands watching it, you're like, okay, it was a little more entertaining for a guy leading flag to flag because we had so many guys run second. I think there was like four or five guys at least that, you know, got up there to at least challenge Sheppy a little bit. But he was dominant. Robert, will Bobby Pierce ever win this race? I know we'll say he's probably due for a win. But after Kovac's story, you know, he was heartbroken, which, by the way, fans, go read that. It's one of the, you know, one of the best articles we got from this past weekend. Got some good stuff there. You had Bob Pierce, the dad, and Bobby Pierce. You know, talk about all the heartbreak and struggles. And Kovac added a few other ones that I forgot about. So they kind of uh, refreshed my mind a little bit. Just like this craziness has happened to Pierce there. Will he actually win this thing? I know like his dad, he was so close at Eldor. And you're like, okay, he's going to win the World 100. He just never did. Will the luck finally uh, show up for Bobby on Saturday night? Because he's been oh so close. 
Yeah, he'll he'll win it. I mean, it might not. It might be five years down the road, but it's not like Pierce is fifty five years old and you know on the backside of his on the backside of his career here. I mean, this this kid is still he he could be at it for a very long time, maybe longer than this sport is around. Who knows? I mean, you know, he the sport could end before Bobby Pierce decides to quit. Uh, you know, so so yeah, he'll he'll win he'll win the race. I mean, this is mathematically. Uh, you have to think it's going to happen. Uh, is he going to go out and win it five times? Uh, who knows? I mean, after that first one, they, you know, the pressure might be off and he might be a little more relaxed and, and go out there and win it three or four more times. Who knows? But yeah, definitely he's overdue. You know, the, the, you, he was really his opportunity, I guess, you know, last year or year before last, whenever that was that he let uh, Sheppy kind of get by him on the last lap or whatever, that, that really was his, his best opportunity to win it. Uh, more so than this year, you know, he's had better opportunities than this season. So, uh, so yeah, he'll, he'll win it. Uh, I will say that it will be more likely, I'm going to go out on a limb here. It'd be more likely that Bobby Pierce wins multiple PDCs than Scott Bloomquist wins multiple races moving forward in his career. How about that? Hope Scott's not yeah, listening to that. You agree with that or what? That, that that's probably you know I, I wouldn't put that past. I mean, like especially if you're talking about Blunka's big races. I mean, like, <laughs> will he be able to win any more big races? I mean, he's he's struggling just uh, getting himself 100%, you know, physically. And uh, uh, Shepherd, I mean, excuse, excuse me, Pierce. The the thing that would really be interesting. How about if he doesn't lose his brakes? Uh, you know, with like probably about 25 to go, they started going, and that lap 80 restart. I mean, lap 73, uh, 30 to go, they started going, and lap uh, 73 restart, I believe it was. Uh, they didn't. He have anything left. They went to the floor, and he ended up having to pull out a few laps later after falling back. But that was setting up. I mean, he was the only guy that really stayed with Shepard over a long stretch in that race. I mean, he was able to, you know kind of fought, mirror his uh, moves on the cushion. Uh, he would have had to make a move, though, to get by him. I don't think uh, it was going to be easy, but he was going to be there. And I know Sheppy, will you, again, Derek was right standing there with me, and I was talking to Shepard after the race. And Shepard was, he was worried about having Pierce on his, uh, on his back bumper uh, as the race wore on because he knew what was coming. Like, Shepard, he, he didn't, he wasn't like, oh, my God, I, he's just going to follow me. He knew that Pierce was going to throw some slider eventually because he would have had it coming after what he did. You know, the, he made an aggressive move to win the race uh, in 2019, and and this was going to be retribution possibly. I mean, he was going to have to figure out a way to kind of counteract, uh, do a crossover, do something, uh, or get enough of a lead on the last lap. That, or that that, but man, that would have been one. Could you? I mean, Derek, how about that place? If that would have went down to the wire with those two, because you know that 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 hard move, that 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 flyer from Pierce would have been coming at some point, and man, that place would have went nuts. I I, I feel like we were we were robbed of that with that break problem that uh that Pierce had. That would have been one heck of a finish. Yeah, um, that would have been just absolutely uh, a thing that everybody wanted to see. Hell, I mean, Rigsby got everybody fired up picking Bobby Pierce on Suave Talk, you know, in the afternoon. So I could only imagine if uh, Pierce did a hard move to pass Sheppy in like a final lap or a final cop, couple laps, they would uh, they would go absolutely bonkers. But I'm going to say it right now, F breaks. I mean, they cost Pierce a chance to win it. So hopefully next year those things uh, 
hold up for them, and we'll have to wait and see. It's like 362 days until the next one. One final thing, Kyle, you said it in uh, Fast Talk. We had 81 damn cars there. I don't know. They just keep coming out of the woodwork for this race. It's just like I thought, okay, 70 was always going to be the peak, and then now we get to 81. And during a time when people are saying inflation, gas prices, they still came out uh, in full force to support the event. You even looked at the numbers in 2012. It was like in the mid-40s. So, you know, just in 11 years, we're doubling the size of the race as well. I said that in Fast Talk, you know, ever since, you know, 2018, the car counts increased at the Prairie Dirt Classic, which is obviously very uh, encouraging to see, especially, you know, obviously during this recession now that we're in, um, you know, to, to see 81 solid cars too, right? You know, going out there. And I mean, the semi features were no slouches, right? You know, through the field. And I mean, even Jonathan Davenport, you know, had to fight tooth and nail just to make the feature, right? Guys like Mason Ziegler and, and, you know, Ashton Winger and Kyle Hammer, too, you know, getting back behind the wheel, you know, this this weekend, too. So, added some cars and some guys along the way. And uh, Drake Troutman, you know, making the appearance, you know, from Pennsylvania. So, guys that maybe weren't really on your radar ended up uh, being there, too. That helps the car counts. Think about it. I mean, it could easily be more, right? Devin Moran didn't race. Chris Madden didn't race. Hudson O'Neill didn't race. Tim McCready didn't race. I mean, it could easily be more. Who knows? I mean, is it possible we could see 90 next year if the money stays what it is? And if the economic climate gets better, too? I'm not sure. I don't think it's off the table. I mean, if we have 90, I don't know where they're going to park them. They're going to have to park them in days. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're, they're exactly yeah, what I was going to say. I'm like, they, there would be – there's that was – packed to the gills there in that pit area. I mean, there was car. I, there was cars. I didn't even, I don't think I even saw them. I barely saw like, like where Kyle Larson's car was parked. He was all the way tucked into the back there in the one corner where you barely could see the trailer or anything. I mean, I'm like, I, I, I'm like, we're, Alex Faree was there. I didn't even know that Alex Faree and, and Matt Lux from Pennsylvania were there until I went to the second row behind a row, like as you came into the pits. I mean, there were cars everywhere remember there were 62 modifieds there too and, and they have to i think i'm pretty sure derek didn't they cap that at i think 65 was the the number that they were gonna that they would only allow this year uh you know it was, it was like imitate i don't know if it was invitational but i know that they capped the number or at least of entries uh i mean that there's only so much space i mean i guess maybe they could start renting out some uh you know driveways and garages like in town there and cars could park over there or something but there's no more pro there's no more space for pretty much anything uh at, at fairbury fan wise too i mean man, they need more stands to to fit more people and and i don't know where they put but i don't know where they park them after that i mean that's a you know i'd be shuttling them in from the next town over something to get down from the farms or something because there's a it, it's it's jammed I mean, that place is just i mean it's and it's also a race i think the 81 cars. It's also that what's one of those races that, you know, cause it's a quarter mile. It's the place where guys can think that they have at least a shot, you know, and so that they'll still come just to be part of the event. Uh, like kind of, that's why Eldor used to have so many cars, uh, those, those enormous fields because it was there. They wanted to be a part of it uh, rather than just as a fan. And, and it wasn't out of the realm of like spending all the money to, to do it. And now it's like too much money to spend just to say you were there. 
but at Fairbury, not quite, because you could actually still do some laps and, uh, and, and maybe even, you know, get a little, you know, get some, get some luck on your side and, and, and do something over the weekend. Well, Robert, I guess Kovac will just take your spot in line. I called you, but then Kevin, you know, had this, uh, Big thing. I think he might have took your uh, what you were going to say because it was a quarter mile. That's why people, some guys went there. What were you thinking? Yeah, clearly. I mean, there's a reason there's so many cars. I mean, guys do think they have a chance. You know, it's not like a Bristol. It's not like Eldora. It's not like one of these big, huge. Uh, obviously, you still need horsepower. You get up on that cushion. You still need, you know, all the motor you can get. But at the same time, uh, it's, it's a track. It's small enough where a, a little man thinks that he can go and compete and maybe sneak into the show. Uh, you, you know, use that Gordy Gundaker line, get around the bottom, run those tires and, and uh, get around through there and and, uh, and not have to have uh, as much as some of those some of those, you know, well-financed teams. And that's obviously the you guys hype it up. So everybody wants to go, you know, I mean, for the atmosphere now, of course, too. But at the same time, uh, it's, you know, it's kind of like kind of like Gateway. You go to Gateway, you think that you don't have to have. Uh, as much motor as other places you go to bristol or eldora or uh, even um, all tech you go to tracks like that i don't care how much money they put up it's still going to be really costly and it's still going to to uh still going to favor the elite teams now granted an an elite team won this race at fairbury but it's not always about winning as a competitor. You hope to first get in the show. And at some of these places, you know, that's, you know, it's going to, you're going to be hard pressed to even get in the race, but at, uh, at a place like Fairbury or some of these smaller tracks, you think, well, you know, I can, I can probably race my way in here if, if, you know, if things go my way. And that's one reason that the car count is what it is. Oh yeah. And then you had, you know, guys in the, like you saying, just hanging around, just hanging around in the qualifying races. You had Fager go from 17th to second. Gordy Gundaker was running that bottom, but then got it on a light, late restart because his brother Trevor wrecked. So he got in, and you just got to, you know, play your cards right. And if you can get that bottom, you know, dialed in, like you said, you can definitely gain some ground there and get lucky and get by a car there to make the show. So that was a good point there, Robert. Well, Prairie Dirt Classics in the rearview mirror. Rigsby still counting money from the weekend because it was jam-packed, and I couldn't believe how many people were there. This weekend, though, one of my favorite events, the USA Nationals at Cedar Lake in Wisconsin, another crown jewel event, dirt late model racing. It's great racing, awesome environment, cool atmosphere. They turn the lights off. They do the whole shebang. Um, one of the coolest things I have, though, is the fan funds, which fans you know help race – or help raise money for drivers to get up to the Great North because it's a long haul up there. Fans votes on drivers. They give them a donation, and the top drivers at the end of the voting get invited to get some travel money and stuff like that. It's a huge, great thing. They've been doing it since, I think, 2008, reading up on the history page. Kovac, so that's where I'm going to go with our topic for the day is is going to be like, you know, just talking about fans funds, different ways, you know, to get drivers to a racetrack. You obviously have, like, sponsors that will pay like pit passes for drivers to get to certain races but how awesome of an idea and how neat is it for the fans like cedar lake to do this because they get everybody if you look at the history of drivers they've gotten a whole bunch of good drivers that probably want to make that trip that's probably 20 hours for some people in the southeast it's a pretty cool thing and you've been part of that event for a long time with the world of outlaws you've seen it kind of grown since 2008 it's a pretty good idea they got a luncheon on saturday with the drivers 
and you know they raise money and they get racers that probably wouldn't go up there in normal circumstances. Yeah, it, it is. It's a. Uh, it, it's like it, it's kind of a little off the beaten path there, uh, uh, Cedar Lake, and it's also at a, at in beginning of August here, especially now these last few years. Being July has been so busy and so uh, filled with races where these guys are on the road for so long, uh, and in some races that they're they're gonna even if it's a paying big money, they're gonna have to. Uh, teams will be like, well, man, we we're just too worn out. We got to regroup. We can't go to that Cedar Lake. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes it falls into that category because it's it's farther north and, and west of uh of all of other races. So people the drive teams will you know, that that's the one we're gonna have to skip because it's so far away. Uh, but they they have a good have a good system here. You you got to come up with something to try to entice some guys, some teams to come up and. Uh, you can't always just do it with like your, your promoter saying, all right, I'll pay you. I'll give you pit passes and show up money. Uh, that does give a little bit of, uh, you know, favoritism to certain guys, uh, especially littler guys that, that wouldn't be getting that, you know, that, that, are, that it would come to spice up the program because it's a different, but they're not a huge name. And that fans fun has really, you know, spark that, uh, you know, given a little bit of a, of a, of a fresh look to the, to the race, because you see drivers that you don't, uh, that, that you were like, man, that I've only noticed that guy on, on videos from out in Pennsylvania or down South or, or somewhere in the Midwest. And, and that, those are, that's what really does make, give a, a race a different feel to it. When you, when you see like, man, I was never expecting to see that. I'll never see that guy race again. There's guys that don't even go to the Midwest, but they'll come out to there. I mean, I remember like a, uh, you know, Jared Hawkins came out there one year with the Michael Lake, uh, with, with the Bobby Lake car uh, back, in, you know, back about six, seven years ago, maybe even 10 years ago, it would have been uh, do do a fan fun. Fans fun is what drew them in. And, and they have this uh, and they they distribute the money. There's like over thirty thousand dollars they've raised now, man. They and, and they have they said like they have that luncheon. They also have that dash now, which rather than just have those guys come and give them you know, 2,500 bucks each or whatever. Now they have them race for it and they're guaranteed, you know, in being in that race, that's your show up money. Of five, it's usually about 2,500 bucks at least. Uh, but now some guy will maybe get 3,000, you know, they, they, you know, they can divvy it up and, and give them a little more track time for coming so far to, to Cedar Lake. It's really a cool deal uh, to, to, and it gives the fan participation too. I want to say like, I could be wrong, but like two or three years ago, co- didn't Fager win like $7,500 after winning like the fans fun race? And then he like moved up in the feature and got like another four or five grand. So I was like just huge for a guy like that who's pretty much a weekend race to win on the Summer Nationals. Goes up there and collects 7500 bucks. I'm sure other drivers have, uh, you know, cashed in on that, uh, you know, stuff like that. But I'm pretty sure Fager did that a couple of years ago. Yeah, he he did. I'm, I'm like, I could kind of remember too that you, what, what you're saying uh, that that makes it worthwhile for them to come. They know they're getting that money. I mean, it's like all oh, the the world of outlaw drivers know all the time when they go to races and Lucas Oil drivers know that they're going to be assured a, a, a certain amount, and that really uh, that really makes it a, a something special. I mean, I, I think those drivers feel special too. Like that's a they don't there's not that often. I think that some of these guys will receive like show up money from a racetrack, especially at that kind of level. Uh, and that's got to give a good feel to some of these guys too, that, that, Hey, you know, like they're being recognized by, 
by fans uh, across the country or in that area at least. Robert, they started this thing in 2008. If we go back in you know, time of the history books, kind of like a little recession there. They even mentioned on the history page with fuel prices going up and the expenses on things. They decided to start this to you know, help the drivers a little bit extra. Well, this year, we're kind of in the same thing. Gas prices are going down a little bit, but they're still pretty high compared to what they normally are you know, two or three years ago. So how this, I feel like, is a very important year for the fans fund that these fans go out or donate to the driver they want to see in. It's very big, especially with the economy and just how expensive stuff have, stuff has gotten. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely, as far as it is up there, especially for, like Kevin said, for a lot of guys, it is off the beaten path. You know, you look back at, at that very first one in, in 2008, and I think Bill Fry, first of all, anytime I look at any kind of list and see Bill Fry's name on it, I have to just, I smile because he's such a, a great guy, and, and I always enjoyed watching him race over the years. But but you look back at, at that list and look back at the, the list. There's there are guys like Bub McCool, Ronnie Lee Hollingsworth, uh, Ray Moore, guys from in the deep south that have taken advantage of uh, of this program over the years. And uh, and it's this year more than ever. I mean, diesel is crazy high. I looked up uh, before we started uh, talking, I looked up the average diesel price today uh this week basically uh, it's like five dollars and 25 cents a gallon on average i think in tennessee it's around 4.98 five dollars a little bit lower and actually up in wisconsin it's a, about the same as it is in georgia and tennessee but when you head when you head through for some reason those uh midwestern states there the fuel goes up for sure and for instance if, if you're leaving out of nashville for instance and you are going up to uh to, to cedar lake First of all, these trucks only get about six miles a gallon if they're lucky uh, on average when they're when they're rolling up through there. If you leave out of Nashville and you go up to Cedar Lake round trip, you know, that's 1,700 miles. That's a long haul. And at uh, at that kind of mileage, you know, you're going to you're going to be have to buy two seventy five, three hundred gallons of fuel, probably, uh, which is going to put you well over fifteen hundred dollars in fuel costs alone. 1500 just to get that's from Nashville. I'm not talking Atlanta or, or even further south, say, like where a K Dillard would come from uh, down in Louisiana. I mean, for, for me, for, for instance, when we go to a race, we're fortunate, and I say fortunate, that our, our little dually truck gets 12 miles a gallon. If we go somewhere 200 miles away from home, so 400 miles round trip, uh, it's going to cost us about $175. For anybody going to Cedar Lake, just multi- go ahead and multiply that times 10. And that's about what it's going to cost them. So this this fund is is crucial to helping guys offset that fuel cost, uh, and not only this year but in years past. It's just it is very. You look at the guys who I mentioned some guys who took advantage of this, but also uh, that are are were good regional racers. But you also look at Dale McDowell, uh, Dennis Herb, I think Jonathan Davenport. There are some other guys on that that list who have taken advantage of this this situation as well so it's not just the little guys it's everybody has to has to pay these fuel costs and so it helps every single person that gets voted in every single driver who can't accept it. and you keep in mind that everybody gets voted in can't accept it because they might have a situation where they can't come or whatever and and so the money kind of goes is dispersed evenly elsewhere or whatever but uh but everyone who can accept it everyone who who is voted in 
I can guarantee you they're appreciative uh, of it because anything that you, you know, you might get up there and, and break something, break a transmission or something, and you've driven, you spent $2,000 in fuel and you get up there and break something and not even make a lap, don't even make the race, you know? So, so yeah, if you can get this offset, this fan's fun is, is really neat. It's, it's very important to these guys uh, that are coming from a long ways away. Yeah, for sure. And Kovac, just really quick, you can just say yes or no. They give a provisional for the top fans fund guy that hasn't made the show too. So, you know, you're going up there only competing against nine or ten guys that you, you know, hey, five or six get in, we get seven, we are going to get in the show and get that uh, start money as well. Yeah, yeah, you have that little extra insurance there, that uh, little chance that you'll make the race if you if you're the best of those uh, those guys uh, of the fans funds guys. So that that does a. Uh... Like that throws a little a little nugget in there too. I mean, I, I didn't mention too. There's one guy like this to show how kind of important it is for some of these guys. Uh, I was uh, at Fairbury. Josh Putnam was there. I was talking to him from, uh, from Alabama, and and he ran, that was his first time running the PDC uh, and the hurting the motor in time trials. Unfortunately, so he had to be a spectator for the rest of the week because he didn't want to bring out the second car and risk that one too. Um, with his, uh, you know, have two motors down or something at, at one point, but he was in the fans fund. He was a select. He's in the voting. He was, he wants to, he would love to be able to go to Cedar Lake. Unfortunately, he has a, a, a trip over to Panama city beach. I'm not sure, Derek, maybe he'll go to club La Vila. Right. Right. Remember spring break. Right. Derek. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> he's going down there with his girlfriend. He had scheduled that in. <laughs> Robert's not a fan of that one. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> but that, so that he won't no, be going no, down stop, there. He stop. Had that I, Kevin, I'm a big fan of Club La Vila. I love oh, the okay. place. I thought you gave I'm, a thumbs I'm, down. I thought you gave thumbs I gave, down. I gave a thumbs down because I think it's closing. I think it's like, oh, it's I think going, it's on the outs. Oh, it's, it's not where it, it's not where it used to be. So like, if it hasn't moved, oh. then I'm, I don't think we can go there anymore. I love that place. I got, almost got, oh, okay. out of I, I didn't a, realize that. I had to have an, me and my wife had to have an escort out of there one night, not because we're fighting with each other, by the way, but, uh, but anyway, <laughs> just saying, uh, yeah, I'm, that, I'm, if they can get a new location for that gotcha. joint, I'm in. That's huge. Huge bar. If anybody didn't know what that is, but I was it's only there in 1995 on spring break. Derek was there. What? 17 years later or something like 2012. that. It's a huge 2012. Place. Yeah. So it's yeah. a little, little, little separate, separate there, but yeah, I know when that's the first thing I thought of when Josh Putnam said he was going to Panama city, with his uh with his girlfriend but and he said he still he would love to go to cedar lake and accept that he felt really bad that he can't accept that fans fun opportunity he has but he realized that he scheduled that for with a girlfriend and he he realized when he even mentioned cedar lake that he probably shouldn't go there and press the issue uh to to uh, get rid of it or even try to figure out a way for him to go and fly back or anything he said let's just let's just go and have fun in panama city and He'll have to save a Cedar Lake trip for another year. Kyle, you're a West. We'll just say you're a Wisconsin kid. You go to the USA Nationals every year. You're finally like, okay, I get to put my vote in. This is exciting. I get to see different drivers throughout the entire country because it is way up in its own little area. And I feel like those fans, you know, are very passionate with late mile racing because of the or because of the USA Nationals. Does it put a burden on the fans to do something like this because they're already paying their way into the race? They're camping out. Are you thinking they really obviously don't care because they're only going to see this guy race one time a year? Why not put twenty five bucks vote on somebody that's uh, that's going to be in the show this year, or at least you know has an attempt 
of coming up for the USA Nationals. Does it put a burden on yeah. the fans? Maybe. I think you give as, as much as you want to give, right? And I think it at least allows that opportunity, you know, to allow the fans to be a part of something, right? I think every fan really deep down wants to be a, a part of something. It's obviously been such a, a fruitful, giving adventure, you know, this uh, fans fun deal. And so, I mean, I think it, you know, it could go either way. If there's anything that a racing fan knows, it's how to hopefully allocate their money and, uh, you know, just how much to, uh, I don't know, spend at the racetrack, if you will, or race fans are so passionate, right? Uh, before every year starts, obviously all of the, the diehards, they, they plan their trips, they circle their calendars, uh, as to which races they want. And obviously, you know, if you're from Wisconsin, this is, this is, this is at the top. And so, um, I mean, it, it could put a burden on a fan, but I don't really necessarily look at it that way. I think it's just a great opportunity, you know, as you three have talked about, you know, um, if I was a fan, I mean, I would certainly give, you know, that's just, I guess my heart there. And, you know, looking also back to, it's another thing to try to start this up now, but it's another, when you look back to the years and you look at the decade and a half, just what like the fruits of your labor. And uh, just like looking back through the list, I mean, Chris Madden was on the first full list of drivers in 2009, you know, with Dennis Herb and Jason Fegger. And, you know, as you mentioned, Derek, Jason Fegger went 25th to fourth uh, last year in that race. And, you know, Rick Eckert, who's on the down swing of his career, you know, he was on the list in 2020 and, and he nearly won the thing that year. Right. And so um, it has time and time again, proved to get a driver there that you wouldn't see otherwise. And really in actuality and in the end, you know, it's, it's turned out to some way, shape or form that somebody on that list or multiple guys on that list, they have certainly put it to great use. And so I think fans see that fans know that, and uh, it, it would just drive you or, or compel you to just want to give more. Right. And so I'm looking at guys on the list for this year, you know, I'm sure they're going to make the trip, but guys like Garrett Smith, right. I mean, Garrett Smith, at Fairbury, he is more than capable. And so uh, he's just one of those guys, not to single out like anybody on that list, but, you know, like he could be a, a guy that could walk in there this weekend and really, you know, give fans really what they're putting in there. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a really cool deal, and it's certainly helped a lot of guys along the way, you know, guys like Jonathan Davenport, Chris Madden, you know, the guys that are have been ranked – number one and number two in our poll for pretty much uh, all summer, all, all season long. So uh, it helps everybody. And so uh, I'm looking forward to, to who can take advantage of it. Yeah. And even helped out Brandon Shepard. I think the year he went up there, he turned the head of Mark Richards when he got the fans phone and put on a, you know, put on a decent show for a young little uh, teenage boy from 
New Berlin, Illinois. So you just went up there, and if you never got the points money, maybe he wasn't going to go up that year, and he didn't turn Mark Richards' head, and eventually got the Rocket One house car. So it definitely benefits drivers a lot more than it does negativity, obviously. Uh, Robert, you had a quick thing to say before we get to one one more thing? Yeah, I, I just wanted to say that, you know, as a fan, if, if a fan really wants to see a, a driver at a race somewhere, reach out to the driver if a fan really wants to see a driver and say hey what would it take for you to get here can i help you get here can i can i help you can i buy you three hundred dollars worth of fuel uh can me and my buddy get together and put three hundred dollars a piece together and buy you six hundred dollars worth of fuel to get here you know and that's and i'm not taking anything away from from cedar lakes fans fund because like you guys discussed it has uh more incentives as far as provisional as far as the extra race and so something like this what i'm saying wouldn't entail those things but if you're a race fan at a far off place reach out to a driver and if if you really want to see a guy who may not be there say send him a text send him an, probably not a text send him an email find his his facebook page find his website get his contact information say hey what would it take to get here i've got me and my buddies are going to raise two two fifty a piece to buy you some fuel if you'll come out here and race. Every little bit helps in this sport, especially for some of these guys who have to travel a long ways. Uh, and these trucks, like I said, get about six miles of the gallon. So, uh, so yeah, if, if you really want to see somebody, reach out to them. What, what could it hurt? All right, I'm just going to do a little fun activity here. Robert, you're from Cedar Lake. You're around like 22, 23. You could pick anybody in dirt track racing history or who you uh who are you putting your money towards? Who are you voting for? Oh, hands down. If I'm, um, he'll probably he would probably be there anyway. But if, uh, hands down, it would be Jeff Purvis. Uh, if I'm gonna, if I'm going to uh, to try to get a guy there uh, at, at that level, uh, if uh, probably if um, probably Jeff Purvis. If not uh, Purvis, then you look back and, and at a uh, maybe Wendell Wallace. I love those guys. Kyle, how about you? You gonna try to get a sprint car guy into a late model or what? <laughs> I don't know. I was gonna go with Gary Stoller. You know, I think that'd be pretty cool. You know, watching him growing up, watched a lot of Gary Stoller, like Hagerstown Speedway, Winchester Speedway. You know, in the Maryland, Virginia, tri-state. You know, Pennsylvania region. I would probably go with Gary Stoller. That'd be pretty cool to see. I still think he has what it takes, and uh, you know, Mister Smooth, Beast of the East. He'd be my pick. Kovac, do I even have to ask you? Uh, who do you think I'm picking? Oh, Billy, the kid. Billy, yeah, well, Billy Pouch, model? but, you know, I mean, I don't know, but I'm not bring. I don't know if I'd want to bring him out, to, right, to, you know, to Cedar Lake, you know, like uh, as a modified guy, throwing him in a late model. I'm not sure. Maybe in his prime, maybe I would have done that, but I'm like, he was never, he did run a late model a few times. He wasn't a big fan of, like, the the rearing up of the left side, but, but, but you know, I don't know. I don't know if I, if I would have right now, if I'm, if I put money into somebody to, to like, Hey, bring them out here to Cedar Lake. Cause I, I want to see this guy that I've only saw on video or read about, man, I, I, I'm going with Josh Rice. I think I'd get my money's worth on that one because I think he'd be up there on the cushion and, 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 you know, making some things happen and putting a show on. He was, uh, he was up to the top five in, you know, in his first, uh, Prairie Dirt Classic feature start uh, this past Saturday. So uh, I, I, that's a young kid who's really got talent. I think he's got the, the fire and the excitement level that would really uh, 
I mean, that, that's that's who I'd want to see if I was some Wisconsin person, a, a native that uh, wants to bring somebody in uh, to, to the USA Nationals. That's a good pick there, Kovac. I'm going to go with another Illinois legend. I'm going with Roger Long. I think he would have a – he put on a good show up there. He loves to run those uh, little bull rings in Illinois throughout his career, and he was pretty good at uh, Roundstown, Indiana. So maybe if we uh, send him north for a little bit, he could have a good run at the USA Nationals. So I would go with the racing farmer in Roger Long. All right, guys, we end the show with one more thing. And Kyle, I'll let you go first today. Um, I'm – Headed out to Michigan, uh, up Merritt Speedway this weekend for the All-Star Challenge. So 34,000th win on Saturday night. So uh, looking forward to getting out there for Michigan's richest race of the year, their biggest race of the year. Look for content and coverage um, from uh, all things up at Merritt Speedway. I will be there. Okay. Promise me you won't use any – Bad words like Brandon Thoroughly did a couple weeks ago there when he won the Summer Nationals yeah. race. He called the 27 car a little four-weather word that I uh, won't, uh, won't repeat, but I just want to make sure you behave You behave up there. You'll have a good time up there, too. No, no phone behavior. service, but you'll have fun. No phone service, just up in the old sticks of Michigan, if you will, and we're, yes, we will have a good time there, Swab. Robert, how about you, buddy? Yeah, I, I just wanted to uh, – we didn't really discuss – well, we didn't discuss it at all, actually. So I just wanted to point out and say congratulations to uh, to Corey Hedgecock on winning his uh, first career Shapers Southern Nationals Championship. Uh, he wound up winning two races. It's always good when your champion wins races, I think. I think that it makes him a worthy champion when you're when you're – champion of a series can actually goes out and wins events he won uh two of the first four so congratulations to him congratulations also to uh ray cook and his whole staff they they put together i know they were probably disappointed that they got three rain outs on the back half of the series but they put together another good tour this year um seven guys had perfect attendance eight guys were eligible for points money so, uh, so congratulations to those folks, and as well as uh, you know, Hedgecock, of course, who is now vacationing with his family down in Tibby Island, uh, down in Georgia. He's uh, having kind of a, like a celebratory week off down there, uh, enjoying his uh, his um, achievements from the last two weeks. So, good deal it was. Yep, great series as always by Ray Cook. Congrats to Corey Hedgecock. For, uh, picking up the win, Kovac. I'll let you go. I'll go last. Uh, I'll, I'm just going to make a little mention of Suave Talk on uh, Saturday. The Suave Talk live on the bus over there at uh, the, the revamp bus, right, Derek? I mean, it was it looked good. I mean, it looked like they nice fixed it up a little bit. Stairs up yeah. there. They're, they're putting money back into the show. I know. I think it could be a time. Maybe they need to have a DJ over there or something. You know, on Friday night, I have a little dance party going on there. Uh, Put McCarty well, up on the roof. That. There you go. No, we don't need people up there falling off. But it, it was another great uh, suave talk. Uh, I talked to Mike Marler afterwards, and he was one of the guests. I was up there with Derek and Mike Norris and Ben Shelton and everybody. And, and uh, man, Marler was like, I, I couldn't believe how many people were there. That was, that was a great crowd. Uh, there was, I looked out. I felt like a rock star. And, that, and that's another cool little sidelight of, uh, <laughs> yeah, Club La Vila North. Uh, I think Robert just mentioned we can make that, boss, right? You know, North, make, make like it, it with McCarty spinning the tunes up there. But, uh, yeah, it really, it was a, it's another little sidelight of uh, 
PDC weekend. That's pretty cool. Where like you have that little pre-race show that, uh, that, that people really kind of, you know, embrace and go to and make it fun. Unfortunately, Derek's pick wasn't very good for the race. I'm not sure, man, I, he, I don't think he was thinking of it very well. He picked Shannon Babb to win the PDC, which not wasn't bad. I mean, obviously, Shannon Babb is awesome, former he wasn't winner. He started 40th in but, a minute. Yeah, he, I don't know if he looked at, like, the, the, the Friday results and Babb had had a bad night, was starting way in the back in the B main. Still, I mean, what, he still had chances alive, but. Unfortunately, it ended up being a bad one for Bab because he uh, ended up in a tangle there when Brian Shirley uh, went spinning around in a in a jingle there during the feature uh, during the B main and Bab damn damn near flipped almost went out of the ballpark. He went flying up in the air and uh, he wasn't very happy. Just loaded up and motor sounded terrible after that because of the shifter broke or something. He said so. Uh, rough one for Bab. Rough pick for uh, forecast there for Derek. But good suave talk. Well, thank you. I mean, I'm just doing it for the fans. You got to pick somebody that's going to get you hype. You think Lee Corso picks with his heart, or you think, or with his mind, or you think he wants a pick to get the crowd reaction good? So I went back. Uh, very, very, uh, very poor pick. Um, uh, my one more thing is uh, just want to wish the best of luck to Steve Francis. Which, uh, of course, if you guys read last week, late last week, that uh, he's leaving the Lucas Oil. Uh, late model series for the rest of the year. You know, he's going to move on to different things. I mean, this guy's been traveling more than anybody that and currently probably in racing, maybe besides like Scott Bloomquist, but uh, he's going to, you know, take some time and think about a few things. And uh, he left the Lucas Oil series. Uh, Kovac, I don't know for Robert, if anybody really talked to him or reached out to him, just uh, with the, you know, it was just time for him to move on a little bit. Yeah, yeah, talked to him on what Thursday, I guess it was, uh, in the morning as, as he was driving his the Lucas Hauler back to to uh, Ohio to Rick Schwally because uh, Francis always drove one of the haulers to the races, and he said, yeah, it, it has been very grueling. Uh, one of the factors. I mean, it's it's you're on the road a lot. Uh, he and remember Francis has a he has a young little toddler daughter too. You know, he's he's uh, he's 54, but I mean, he's got he's he has a young daughter, keeps him young, you know, uh, but, and so he'd probably like to be able to be with her. Although she did come a lot of races, but it's, that's, that's a, that's, that's tough too, being on the road uh, with your wife and daughter uh, all the time. Uh, you like it'd be, it'd be a little closer to home. So we'll see what's next for Steve Francis. Yep. Best of luck to the 1999 world 100 winner guys, as always, another great show this week. We got Cedar Lake. We got the wood tick. We got a whole bunch of races. All points in between. Make sure you check these articles out. Kovacs Pierce story was great. Great Robert stories and blogs from the Southern National. Kyle, you're killing it as always. We'll have some interviews with some other drivers this week on Swab Talk. Getting ready for the USA Nationals. We'll be live on Dirt Vision, but we will have full coverage at DOD. And make sure you check out Flow Racing as well. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Dirt Reporters.